I think it's just kind of a quantum leap in your business from I just launched, I don't have any credibility to now all of a sudden I have all, all of these things happening. That, that's a huge leap. And, and I think that's why it's worth doing these things that we're talking about. Welcome to the Boss Club Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow your business faster, more profitably, and with fewer mistakes. And now your hosts, David Grubbs and Charlie Gassmeyer. Welcome back to episode nine of the Boss Club Podcast. This is Charlie Gassmeyer. I'm joined as always by my co-founder and partner in crime here at Boss Club, David Grubbs. We've got an awesome episode for you today. We want to kind of focus on what happens after you make your first 10 sales. And the reason we want to kind of zoom in on this is because I think a lot of people can overlook how big of an achievement that is. I mean, you've gone through all the work to create your product, to actually find customers and make real sales. And not only just once, you've done it 10 times. And so rather than just kind of moseying on and, and going on, okay, now let's go for sale number 11 and number 12, I kind of want to take a pause for a second and say, hey, there's some really valuable things that, that we think you can do and you should do um, with these first 10 sales. And so we can kind of boil it down to three different categories. There's some things from a sales marketing perspective, kind of a, an operations perspective, and then a financial perspective. And, and none of these are complicated or difficult to implement, but I think they can really, really help propel you to, to making your next 10 sales a lot easier than your first 10 sales. So with that, let's dive kind of right into sales and marketing. So from your first 10 sales, there are four things that I would try to get from every single one of your customers. Presumably you had 10 different customers, but even if you had eight customers that made up 10 sales or whatever, then this would apply to your eight customers. However many customers you have for 10 sales, there's four really, really important things that I would try to get from them. First thing is you've sold 10 products. I would try to get a testimonial from them. You know, just, just really ask them for a quote. What was your experience like with my service? What did you love most? What, what did, what did my service help you uniquely accomplished that was difficult for you before you encountered my service? Or how did my product really enhance your life? What was your favorite part about my product? Try to kind of ask a leading question um, that, that can really help them be specific. And, and not leading in terms of, hey, we want them to say something in particular, but more just we want to help them be specific because that's going to be a more potent and powerful testimonial than just, hey, yeah, I like Charlie's product. It was great. Try to ask them detailed questions so you get detailed answers. So get testimonials is the first thing. Secondly, I would really try to get pictures so you've sold your products or you've you know performed your services Try to get pictures from them of them holding your product, them eating your product, uh, if, if it's edible, of course, uh, them, you know, uh, before and after pictures of your service, anything you can do to document it, because we're going to put that on the website and use that in varying capacities. So try to get pictures if you can. Um, I would also try to get referrals because if they liked your product or they liked your service, they're probably going to know other people that would similarly benefit from your product or your service. So I'd really just try to be bold and ask them, is there anyone else you know that that would be interested or, or could benefit from this product or this service. I'd be so grateful if you could provide an introduction. It can be really, really simple. And then fourthly, from these initial customers, I'd really try to get their candid feedback. And, and it, it, kind of similar to getting um, testimonials, I would really try to be specific here. So don't just ask, hey, how was your service? How did you like the product? You ask a vague question, you're going to get a vague answer. Try to be very specific and, and say, hey, you know, did you feel like my product was underpriced or overpriced? Do you feel like you got the, the same value of what you paid for? Um, is there anything that would have made this easier to purchase, easier to be delivered, easier to assemble, um, easier to understand, et cetera. Be specific so you get specific answers. So four different things, testimonials, pictures, referrals, and candid feedback. Now, one disclaimer on this is that uh, we don't want to bombard your customers because this is a lot of things you're asking for them. But presumably, 
This is probably friends and family, so they're probably likely to actually do all of these things for you, but you have to be smart in the way that you ask. I would not send them an email and ask them for big things. Send me a testimonial, send me a picture, send me a referral, and send me answer all these questions for feedback. You're just going to overwhelm them, and they're not going to reply. So instead, I would kind of stage it out, and if you do it progressively and at natural points, it, it won't feel cumbersome for them. So uh, just very briefly, so for example, whenever you deliver your product or you ship it to them, just ask, hey, would would you mind just taking a picture with your product once it arrives? Hey, would you mind taking a picture with me as I'm power washing your, your driveway? Like take a picture when they actually encounter your product or service. And then after you, you deliver your product or service, say, Hey, how was your experience? Could I get a testimonial from you? That's a very natural thing. And then later on you say, Hey, now it's been a week since you had my product or my service. Is there anyone else you know that would benefit from this? Hey, and do you have any other feedback for me along the way? Those are all very natural. It's not going to feel like you're asking them for four big things. Uh, but, but you'll still get all of most of those four things in a way that doesn't that doesn't feel hard for them. So um, kind of long-winded, but those are incredibly important points to really be, be trying to extract um, from, from these first 10 sales. So David, anything else that you would kind of do from a sales and marketing perspective with your first customers? Two things come to mind, actually. The first thing is I would actually mark on the calendar when you make sales. And then I would follow up with them at some point you know, down the road and ask them if they'll be willing to purchase from you again. So you're looking to drive repeat purchases in this way. And so if you have a lawn care business, maybe if it's in there in the summer and the lawn's growing very quickly, you may schedule a follow-up in a week or two just to see how things are going and see if it's time, if they're willing to hire you for a service again. Other products might have longer lead times. Maybe you've got something in the last 30 days. Um, go ahead and schedule that out. But it's important for you to go ahead and focus on repeat purchases. It's much easier to sell to an existing customer than it is to get a new customer. So go ahead and leverage the customer base you already have. That's going to be a, an easy way for you to grow in the early days. The second thing I do is actually transition the focus of your marketing, whether that's how you display things on your website, your social media posts, or your advertisements themselves, from you know, how you display your product and how you're promoting your products or service to how other people are experiencing it. So what is it like for your customers to experience your product or service? If you're getting photos from them, you're getting testimonials from them, you already have all the content necessary to do this. And what's great about it is it's a little less about you and now more about how other people are experiencing it and what it's like for them. And so it's less about self-promotion and more about people promoting you, even though you're the one making the post. It's a subtle difference, but it's a big change on how people receive the message. And a lot of user-generated content converts very, very well online. So I really recommend you check that out. Charlie, anything else about marketing? Nothing to add, but but just something to emphasize here. I'm, as, I'm, as I'm hearing us talk about these things, I, I go back to Boss Club when we were first starting out. And we were trying to find anything we could when we first launched to 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 create credibility to say, Hey, we built these things and other people like them too. But when you haven't sold anything yet, like you can't, unless you're going to lie, which we're not going to lie, like you don't, you can't say that. And so it's very difficult when you don't have any press, you don't have any sales, you don't have any testimonials, you don't have any pictures, like you just don't have much to work with. And so I think just to emphasize, this is such a big deal when you have 10 customers, if you can have 10 testimonials, 10 product pictures with, with people, you can have feedback, you can have referrals, you can have repeat customers. I mean, that, that is 
10 customers is a huge deal. And so I think it's just kind of a quantum leap in your business from I just launched, I don't have any credibility to now all of a sudden I have all, all of these things happening. That, that's a huge leap. And, and I think that's why it's worth doing these things that we're talking about, um, to, to really enhance your business. And it only takes a few sales to really get you there. So <laughs> I just remember we were so glad with Boss Club. Anytime, oh, we got a testimonial. Oh, we got a picture back from someone. Put it on the site. Put it on the site. I mean, you just, you just have to try to really show that whenever you can. Um, so once you get to 10 customers, that's a great time to do it. So I, I think that's it for sales and marketing. These are really, really high ROI. You of your time. I think you'll you'll see a good return on investment there for doing these activities. Um, kind of transitioning over from an ops perspective, and ops sounds fancy, but it really just means how do you run business, how do you run your business? What are the things that have to happen in the business for your business to take place? Are there things that we can kind of start to optimize? So David, anything that uh, kind of comes to mind from an ops perspective after you have 10 sales? Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of a good milestone to kind of reevaluate how you're, you know, performing the business, how you're making the product, how you're performing the service and just how you've put everything together. And this is something you're going to do regularly throughout the life cycle of your business as you grow. But this is kind of one of those first stopping points. It's like, I've done this 10 times now. Is there anything I could do better? Because you want to continue to review this because if you can do things better, it's going to save you exponentially more time down the road. If you're more efficient with it, it takes you less time to produce the product or perform the service. That has compounding effects as you go from 10 customers to 100 customers. And so we recommend first taking a look at your product or service and seeing um, what goes into you know making that or performing it. Are there ways to automate the process? Uh, can you hire other people to do certain aspects of that for you. So you're spending less time working for the business and spending more time working on it. Um, can you uh, scale this in different ways? Or are there ways to kind of grow this in a, in a more incremental way with, without more work from you, uh, requiring more of your hours? And so if you can go from 10 customers to 100 customers without spending you know, 10 times more um, hours on the business, then you're going to be in much better shape. And so take a look at everything you're building, whether that's, um, you know, a physical product or, or the service itself and see if you can be more efficient with it. The second piece here is, are there any substitutions you should make with your product or service? So for your product, uh, is the packaging nice? Is that something you want to continue with? Or should you change from a bag to a box? Or is the box you're using too thin and not able to support, you know, the weight of your product? If you made a small change, would it make it look much nicer? You know, little things like that. Are are you including too many items in your package? You really don't need all those items. Like, how can you make this more efficient? The more simple the product, the easier it will be to scale. Just like service as well. Maybe there's fewer steps in the service that um, that will make it easier. So maybe you don't need to offer all these auxiliary services and there's only three things that really matter. Cut out all the others and, and stick with the three and, and then you're going to be able to scale much better. So the whole idea here is kind of trim the fat. How do you cut out all the inefficient processes? And then how do you automate the ones that are there that are still important to do? And so it's not requiring your personal time. Maybe you can find someone else to do those things for you. So while we're trimming the fat and kind of doing a gut check on our business on the operation side, it's equally, if not more important to do the same on the financial aspects of your business as well. So Charlie, what, what kinds of things should we be reviewing on a, on a financial basis for our business? Yeah, I think there's two that comes to mind. I think first, and it's pretty similar to what you described on the operation side is 
So this is kind of a good time to just have a reality check on your margins. And, um, you know, not only from an ops perspective saying, okay, do I need to make any obvious product substitutions or material substitutions? Cause it just didn't, didn't work the way I wanted to, or I, I it was way overkill and I don't actually need that. Um, similar to that, I would do that from a financial perspective. So, hey, I, I really wanted that packaging, but actually, you know, I, I probably could, could get something less. And from a margin perspective, if I'm going to scale this, I need to do less. So you kind of, you've done it 10 times. Now you can start to project and say, okay, you know, this is how much money I made on 10 sales. What is getting to 20, 40, 50, 100 sales going to look like from a financial perspective? Can I make, can I make uh, some tweaks now that, that can really help me scale much more efficiently? Um, or maybe, you know, even is, is the quantity in which that I'm, that I'm selling these things? Do I need to bundle in order for me to make money? You know, now that I've delivered. 10 cookies to 10 different customers, that is a lot of time, effort, energy, and resources to go deliver 10 cookies. So I'm not selling 10 cookies anymore. I'm only selling them in quantities of 10. So now I can sell 100 cookies for that same amount of effort. Uh, you can look at that from an ops perspective and a financial perspective. So good time to have a reality check on your margins. And then the second component of kind of financial tweaks here would be thinking, okay, where, where's money going? So you had 10 sales, you had money into the business. Where, where is, you're probably having some profit or at least some, some money left over. Where am I actually going to dedicate that? And I think with very few exceptions, you're probably going to reinvest nearly, if not all of that back into the business. Um, an exception would be if you have a $200 service and all of a sudden you have $2,000 worth of revenue and profit in the business, like, okay, I'd, I'd probably start paying myself at that point. That's pretty good. But if you sold 10 products for $3 each and you have $30 in the business, okay, well, we probably need to get some more scale before we can reasonably start taking something out of the company. So just taking, not only having a reality check on your margins, but also just taking inventory, okay, where, where what's my profit plan here? Where am I actually allocating the money that's now coming into the business? And you can kind of kind of project that going forward and see what life's going to be like for you when you when you sell 10 more, 20 more, 30 more, 100 more, etc. So I think these are all really, really good uh, questions to be asking yourself is a really, really good checkpoint. Um, and I think if you do these, like I said, I think this is a, a really, really good use of your time. It'll help you scale faster, help you make more money in the process, help you dodge some bullets along the way. So David, any kind of parting final encouragement uh, on this topic? I mean, I, for those listening that have uh, accomplished 10 sales, I'm really proud. I'm, I'm rooting for you. I know we haven't met personally yet, but I'm rooting for you. That's awesome. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. So kind of any, any parting thoughts uh, to, to our listeners? Yeah, definitely. I mean, something I want to echo is just Charlie's comments is that the first 10 customers you get are the hardest customers that you will ever have to find. And so, you know, take a minute and celebrate what you have accomplished. At the same time, don't let that be the, the only thing you accomplish with your business. You don't want to plateau here. You want to double down on the things that are working. So if you found one way that worked really well to get those first 10, double down on that. Go find your next 10 that same way. Also, it may sound obvious, but you might want to think about what other marketing initiatives you want to try. So if you if you want to experiment with social media ads or maybe you want to you know start a YouTube channel or whatever those things are that you want to try next, we encourage you to try it. Try it on a small scale. Pick three to five of them. Keep the ones that work and double down on those and cut the ones that don't. I know, Charlie, you had an experience where um, you made your first set of customers and then and then let it plateau for you with uh, with Big Bear. Like um, what happened there? Yeah, well, that's it. I basically launched it and I was so pumped that I launched 
that I just went to sleep on it and a big bear hibernated in a very real way. And some, some, uh, people happened to purchase again, but it wasn't because of any effort on my part. And uh, big bear died a very slow death because I just, I was sitting on thousands of bottles of barbecue sauce in inventory and I didn't have any plan to do anything with it. So it's funny as you're saying like, Hey, have a plan to try more marketing initiatives. That sounds like the most obvious advice in the world, unless you're me, because I didn't do that. I was like, Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have a plan. So yeah, maybe, maybe we should have a plan to make a plan, you know? So I, it's great advice. It's simple, but like I, I, I've made that mistake and paid the price of it, lost money in the process. So it's simple advice, but it's very, very good advice. Well, I'll, I'll uh, take my own advice there too, because like, several of my businesses come to mind already, especially in the early days when I was starting them and I was in the exact same boat. So if this has happened to you, don't worry. I would just pick up from where you are right now and think about what marketing initiatives you can do next and keep going. Um, you did the hardest part already. The next part is, is just to keep growing from the things you've already proven out that work. And if you're still looking for practical ideas, we have a series of episodes on the podcast called How We Do It. And this is where we basically take different uh, businesses that we would think about starting and walk through that process. And in each of the episodes, we spend a lot of time focusing on different marketing initiatives. So this might be a great way for you to get some ideas. So if you're sitting there and you still feel stuck, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at bossclub.com. And who knows, maybe we'll film an episode about your business and give you some ideas on how you can scale and grow the thing you're working on. So thanks for listening. And we hope to see you in next week's episode. <laughs>